Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Salem. Yeah, that would be a little weird. I feel like we, I feel like you're using some of the same ones before, like that we've used before. Uh, it's possible. I mean, I, 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 I don't. Did Did you not like just use this not too long ago? No, because I know yeah. I haven't Googled Wathall County recently. Oh, well, there you go. So that's how I find these. I, I Google a county and I just sort of look around and see a city that catches my eye. We might have said this before, but. You know, we were talking about this on the way to the the catfish tour the other day. There's these these towns and these counties that are like separate from each other that have the same name. That's always been kind of weird to me. Yeah, you have, you have Walthall County, and there's a community called Walthall in Webster County, mm-hmm. which we talked about the Bogachitas. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Forest and Forest County. I why is why is this happening? Well, why can't these places be in the same place? Or why can't there just be one of these places? They like like making us work, Robbie, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand. Me either. But what I do understand is that if you don't live in Starkville and Tupelo and you want to enjoy great Strange Brew Coffee, all you got to do is go to their website, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, order it to be shipped right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for, whatever it is. It's not not just about, you know, polos and baseball caps, although they have an incredible selection of those. But anything for the house, for your car, for your tailgate, for the kids. They got kid stuff there. They got, you know, they got stuff for everybody and everything under the sun. If it's maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area, in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, in Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's flagship restaurant. When you're looking for a great meal in the city of Starkville, you should start right there. The best lunch in town, the Blue Plate, it's the best southern lunch you're going to get. Great dinner, white tablecloth, steaks, chops, pasta, they've got it all. And then on Sunday, it's the best brunch in town. It's all under one roof. It's right there at the corner of Maine and Washington. It's Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations ready to serve you throughout central Mississippi. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you. And open account an, an account that's going to start paying dividends now and will definitely pay them down the road and in the future. When you want to talk to somebody about a loan, you want to talk to your friends at your local bank. You don't want to deal with a corporate bank and someone you've never talked to before. That's the difference. When we talk about doing things locally, eating local, shopping local, just as important to bank locally. If you're a Priority One Bank customer, you already know how great their app is. You do a lot more on that app than just move your money around. You can do everything you do at any Priority One Bank location. Sign up today for an account with Priority One Bank. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We talked about it on yesterday's show, uh, and it, you know it was all, <clears throat> excuse me, it was all, you know, it was it was it was done, but it's not done. Now it's done. Done. Justin Parker, the new pitching coach at Mississippi State. We are both in agreement, Robbie. This is an outstanding hire, a, a, a hire from a, a tier that, quite honestly, I didn't know if Chris Lamontis was going to be able to pull it off. You know, a, a guy you know to go from a an SEC team that has been a, was ranked in the top ten for most of the year, hosted a regional this year, and pull their guy. It, it does show you that Mississippi State is still a program that that commands respect. 
and that has the resources to make a hire uh, like that. And now the, the tough part begins. You know, I think getting a good pitching coach was the easy part. Maybe it was more difficult than it needed to be. The process took longer than it needed. Maybe you thought it would. But now the difficult part begins, and that's restocking this roster with the kind of talent it needs to be Mississippi State baseball again. Absolutely. This was a huge step for Mississippi State. And you and I were both very skeptical of this hire. We were both very skeptical Mississippi State was going to be able to get somebody of this magnitude. Mm -hmm. And did a, um, a YouTube reaction earlier, said the same thing. Chris Lamonis deserves a ton of credit for pulling this off. Mm -hmm. Because I, I really believe that this is a it, – it's as good a hire as Chris Lamonis could make in the situation. And that's that's saying a lot about – Justin Parker, because I thought that State was kind of trending for some decent names. You know, Rob Walton was up there. I thought that would have been a great hire. Justin Parker, to me, is one of the best pitching coaches in the country. What he did at South Carolina was outstanding. You know, what he did at Indiana was incredible. He was on he had he had a staff that on a team that won the Big Ten uh, in 2019, I believe. Um, had another good year in 2021. So he's done this everywhere. He was good at Wright State. He was good at UCF. He's been good everywhere, everywhere he's been. And for Mississippi State to be able to get a guy, and all indications are they didn't break the bank to get him, that tells you, first and foremost, what the situation is in South Carolina, which is kind of strange coming off a good season that they had. But it tells you the situation that they have there. It tells you – what Chris Lavonis was able to sell about Mississippi State because Parker came in on Saturday, had about five, six hours worth of time around Chris Lavonis, some of the players, uh, the staff. And Chris Lavonis, which I know he had been talking to Parker for about a week or so, mm -hmm. um, pretty heavily. They were, in, they were in talks. So the relationship was there, and they knew each other already, but – Came to campus, Chris Lamontis was able to sell Mississippi State, sell the family atmosphere, all that stuff pretty quickly because that was not a long trip. And that that shows you um, you know, how good a job Chris Lamontis did selling that to him because he probably would have had some some good offers uh, from other teams as well, I imagine. It, one thing that's interesting about this to me is South Carolina is a program that ha is an athletic department that has more money than Mississippi State. I mean, that's just that's just a fact. Uh, their athletic director is a former baseball coach. You know, Mississippi State obviously used to be that situation, but now, now it is not. South Carolina is a, a program, and yet Mississippi State was able to offer a, a, a comprehensive enough package for Parker that apparently South Carolina was unable to meet. And that's just one of those things. It, it just shows you the priority, you know, to go back to, to the ad read, the Mississippi State places on baseball. That it is a sport that, even though it's not a money maker, it's always going to be a program that Mississippi State people value, that they're going to place value on, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win. Uh, so this is the kind of hire that, you know, I mean, to me, this is no different than if Mississippi State hired a football coach from Alabama. I mean, where we're talking, you know, or, or Georgia, that the you know, programs that have more resources than Mississippi State and stays able to pull those guys away. This is a, this is a big time hire. Does it mean that Mississippi State is back? No. Does it mean that Mississippi State is a a lock for Omaha next year? No. They have a long way to go. What do you think is more important right off the top of the, of the the priority list? Is it getting guys out of the portal, or is it taking guys like Senjay and Lofton and and Dome and turning them and, and getting them developed and turning those guys into your SEC starters? Because I'll be honest, I don't know, you know, we, we've talked about this before, I don't know that there are going to be guys in the portal that you can just bring in and say, you know, th this is our Friday night guy, this is your Saturday night guy. I don't know, you know, and not even talking about Paul Skeens, I don't know, if you get three quarters of what Skeens gave LSU, you've done really, really well. I don't know that those guys are out there, though, and I don't know that Mississippi State's going to get those guys if they are, but State does have talented young pitchers, can they take that step forward? Well, to your question, I think it's a little bit of both. It doesn't look like they're going to decimate this roster. 
So it looks like for the most part, you're going to have a lot of the same pitchers. You can't go into next season just with this pitching staff. I mean, it's just that's that's not going to have any kind of sustained success with it, I don't think. I, I think that you can utilize what you have on this roster in addition to adding some key pieces. So I, I think for the most part, you've got to have a little bit of both. They've got to go out there and get – at least one bona fide weekend starter, maybe two. And from there, you have to take those guys plus, you know, maybe a couple bullpen pieces and mix it in with the guys that you have currently on staff, develop those players, make them better than they were this past season, and kind of hone in your whole philosophy with the staff and do it relatively quickly. Um, so it, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you're going I think you're going to have to have some added talent, but I think you're going to have to use what you have on campus now too because it it doesn't look like they're going to blow this whole thing up. It looks like they're going to roll with a lot of these same players. You know, Casey Hunt is still playing summer league baseball and has a year left. Does he come back? I don't, I don't know. I mean, if he does, what's his role next year? Mm-hmm. Um because he had some value to him at times last year, it was just inconsistencies. Can you find a way to utilize him a little bit? I mean, I, I don't I know. I mean, opinion. I mean, Casey Hunt, this would be season number five. At some point, you just are what you are. Yeah, I, I can't. Is it five or six? I, I can't even keep up. I mean, he was he on the 19 team? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. All right, so no, or maybe not. But I think he might have redshirted that year. Okay. So, I mean, you know, he was P- – 20 is it does is a wash, but 21, 22, 23, and now we're talking about 24. I mean, at some point, like I said, you just kind of are what you are. Yeah, I just – I you know, I there might, might be, be a, better just if he decides, you know, wherever he's drafted this year. You know, 20 guy, was his first year. So. Okay. I mean, he's a guy that, in all in all seriousness, you know, he should have probably just taken the money and gone ahead last year. I don't. I would be surprised if he gets drafted as high as he did a season ago. Yeah, there's always just kind of been that hope with him, but I just I don't I don't know what else you can expect out of him at this point, and that's kind of what you're dealing with now. Like, who is going to be on this roster mm-hmm. next year? I mean, Aaron Nixon. I don't know what's going to happen with him. He hasn't been mentioned on draft boards. Mm-hmm. Does he decide he wants to come back for another year? Um, you know, Cade Smith. I feel like he's going to get drafted, but I think there's still a possibility if you could get him back. That's a that's a really big weekend piece. And then you have, other than that, you just have a bunch of potential. You have guys that that have Kobe Holcomb. He's got some good stuff, but can he polish it up and become a legit? bullpen piece or a legit starter. We don't know. We There's a lot of potential there. There's nothing on this roster that we can count on yeah. for Mississippi State next year. Justin Parker has nothing that you can count on that you know for a fact you've got. We, we know a lot of these guys have some good talent in them. We, we know Bradley Lofton's got the ability. We know Gerangelo has the ability. But they're just freshmen, and they, they showed some bad tendencies as well last year. So – there's a ton to clean up here. And then yeah. you got – I mean, Brooks Auger and Stone Simmons, you like what they got, mm-hmm. but they haven't pitched in a year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's probably going to be a little bit of uh, growing pains there with them. It's I, – I don't know – I don't know what you prioritize more. Do you prioritize developing the arms that you have or do you go out there and try to get a lot more talent? I think there's probably a happy medium with both. But there's no doubt about it. You've got to go get some more guys because what they have on the roster now is not going to be a recipe for success. I'm, I would love to be able to talk to Parker off the record just to hear his thoughts on, on, on why this team was so bad at throwing strikes a season ago. I mean, they 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 were bad at throwing strikes, which is the number one thing a pitcher has to be able to do is throw strikes. Mm-hmm. And this team, we I mean, we talked about it all year with the walks and the I mean, all of them, all of them. I mean, it wasn't yeah, it wasn't centralized to one guy. That lets you know there was a systemic failure somewhere, 
Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, with Foxhall, he has to bear the brunt of a lot of this. Now, Lamonis bears the brunt of that, too, because Lamonis is the head coach. But when you see – it's one thing if one pitcher is struggling. You know, you know, two years ago with Sarantola, when he just couldn't get it together, he just couldn't get it together. You know, that's something you don't you don't put on, on a coach. And he just couldn't get it together. But when the entire squad is walking guys like the way Mississippi State did a season ago, then, yeah, you don't have any choice but to say that's a coaching issue. You know, the same way if all your wide receivers are dropping passes or all of your guys – I mean, I love Chris Jans, but you know, when all your guys are missing threes, there's something wrong there. So, yeah. Yeah. so we'll see. All of, all of Mississippi State's pitchers through – or through, through walked ten or more batters, with the exception of three guys, mm-hmm. and those three guys were Logan Forsyth, Will Gibbs, Parker Shanette. They threw single digit innings. innings. Yeah, made 30, 30 innings most at most between all three of them. And they and and they still had they still had almost or over a walk per inning. Yeah. So it's it, it was an issue for every single guy that went out there on the mound. Nobody could could command the strike zone. I mean, Aaron Nixon was Aaron Nixon was the best. Mm-hmm. He walked ten guys in twenty and a third. That's yeah. that's okay. That's yeah. just okay. Yeah. Parker's got a lot of work to do, both with the guys he has and the guys he's going to have to bring in. So we'll see how it all pans out. But if nothing else, Mississippi State did hire an outstanding pitching coach, and now it's just about doing that job and, and putting himself to work. So we'll see how it uh, pans out. Let's move on into some football talk. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. If you're looking to cook out this weekend or any weekend, it's summer. It's time to fire up the grill. It's time to throw some steaks and some burgers out there. That's what some of your family is asking for. They're not telling you that. They're like, oh, chicken. Okay, yeah, sounds great. I like chicken. What in reality, what your wife is trying to say there is, you idiot. We could be eating steak right now. Why don't we do that? So save yourself the trouble and just buy some steaks. There's always great deals at the grocery store. There's always great deals at your butcher shops. Talk to those guys. Find out what they've got on special. Bring it home and be a hero out on the grill with the beef, with the sizzle of beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. And like we said yesterday, you definitely want to check them out. Follow them on social media to find out what's going to be cooking for Sunday supper each day this summer. They've got some great stuff, some high-end. I mean, we're talking, you know, you think about Two Brothers, you're thinking, okay, they got smoked wings and barbecue sandwiches and tacos and, you know, the prime rib sandwich is great. But you're not thinking all this, you know, high-end, highfalutin stuff but you should be because that's what's on the menu for sunday supper so check that out and don't forget when you support two brothers you support the bulldog initiative they are a bulldog initiative business they support mississippi state you should support them two brothers smoked meats in the heart of cotton the cotton district the place to find smoked southern soul food great products and great services what every business promises you they deliver it to you at advantage business systems and they have for 49 years. 49. We're going ahead and just saying 49. may not be 49, but we're just going to say it. Why not? And that means they've been taking care of their customers for nearly a half century. And guys, you can't stay open any in any business unless you're taking care of your customers, unless you deliver for your customers. And that's what they do at Advantage Business Systems. And they have going all the way back. So when you need technology for your business, call them. And if then if you need service, call them back and talk to the same people who made you the sale. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out why Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Sorry, I lost, I lost my train of thought there as we're going into the Rogue. The Rogue and their collegiate collection. Guys, Father's Day may have come and gone, but Dad always needs a new shirt. Check out the collegiate collection at the Rogue. It's the best collection of polos and quarter zips you're going to find. They've got the logos that fans want. They've got great styles, great selection. And, of course, they have great service because they're the Rogue. They're one of the top men's clothing stores in all of the Southeast and have been for many, many years. So get something great for Dad. Get something great for yourself. If you are Dad, just you know what? Just say, hey, I'm going to the Rogue. I need a new shirt. 
Kickoff is not too far away, and I'm tired of wearing this thing that makes me look like a giant superhero whose name is Banner M Man. You don't want to be that guy anymore. Head to the Rogue and check it out. Shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. This is going to be a, a nice week weather-wise. I looked, Robbie. It's supposed to be a nice week. I think it's going to be a little rain on Wednesday, but for the most part, it's going to be sunny. It means it's starting to heat up. It means you need to give yourself a little cool off in the afternoon. Head over to Dolce and grab a delicious cool gelato or milkshake and reward yourself. What, what, am I, what are you rewarding yourself for? I don't know. I don't know what you did, but I'm sure it was reward-worthy. You're a good person, and doggone it, people like you. So treat yourself today. Head over to 509 University Drive and grab some gelato at Dolce. All right, some football talk. We'll do our uh, SEC picks. We're talking about Georgia. We're going to kind of run through that one, to be totally honest with you. They have an embarrassingly easy schedule. We'll talk about that in just a minute, though. But earlier today, speaking of Georgia, Robbie, I talked with Aaron Murray, uh, former All-SEC quarterback, the all-time leading passer in SEC history for at least a few more months. Let me check my watch there. And... Uh, now doing uh, college football for uh, SEC Network, for ESPN, for SiriusXM. And he's also one of the hosts of the Snaps podcast. You can catch that daily on YouTube. Uh, it's him and T-Bob Bear, so two former players. Uh, really, really good stuff there. I like the dynamic of former center and former quarterback. you got Murray and T-Bob. You've got Greg McElroy and Cole Kublick. It just works. Just works, even when they're on opposite sides of whatever teams that they support. Wanted to talk some quarterbacks with Aaron, so I did that. And, of course, we talked about Will Rogers in Mississippi State. Let's go down to my interview with Aaron Murray. I wanted to talk quarterbacks today, so I got one on the air here with me. We got Aaron Murray, ESPN, Sirius XM, and, of course, the Snaps podcast daily uh, on YouTube. He does that with his, our friend T-Bob Bear, which must be a chore in and of itself. But let's start with some some quarterbacks, Aaron. I think this is a great year in college football for quarterbacks. You've got some really top-tier guys in that elite tier where I would put Caleb Williams, Drake May, Quinn Ewers, Jordan Travis, Michael Penix. You tell me if I'm missing anybody, but but who do you like the most? I, it's hard not to like Caleb. I mean, Caleb is he's everything you want from a quarterback perspective. I mean, he is – I know everyone hates comparisons, but, I mean, you have to compare. I mean, it's the only way we can kind of – project and 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 you know see what this guy could possibly be at the next level but Caleb is Patrick Mahomes there's no doubt about it his creativity his ability for for creating th- plays when when things completely break down and you think the quarterback is dead in the pocket arm angles uh maneuverability all of that i mean he checks off every box i mean he is Patrick Mahomes but now at the college level and and obviously you saw Patrick when he went to Kansas City you know backed up Alex Smith for a year was with Andy Reid, refined his toolbox, and then was able to come out there his second year in the NFL, and then the rest is history, best quarterback in the NFL right now. Caleb is refined right now to this day. He is ready to go. I mean, he had been the first quarterback taken the NFL draft last year. Like just That's just how good he is, and that's the type of player plays, essentially, that, that NFL scouts want to see you make at that next level. So uh, he has to be one. I think there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to go out there this year with the offense, uh, the weapons, the uh, the coaching staff that is that is there with Lincoln Riley, obviously they they brought some some more minds in there as well. And I think with an even improved defense from last year, you know he's going to set himself up to 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 not only be back in New York for for a Heisman, but you know definitely be that number one pick in the NFL draft next year. Who's the next guy for you? Hey, I, I think Drake. I would say Drake. I, th- I think Drake. He reminds me. I once again, I, 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 you know, people get mad at me with the comparison games, but when you look at his fundamentals, and and you know how he moves in the pocket, his quick delivery reminds me a lot of of Aaron Rodgers. You know, decently athletic, but he takes care of the football. Great arm strength, but for me, it's just his 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 ability to create power from the ground up, and that's something that you know I'm watching golf yesterday, watching the U.S. Open. Anytime you watch golf, it's always what they talk about. Like, how can you generate power? Well, it starts with your feet. You know, that's that's the misconception when it comes to quarterback plays. Like, you think these guys, it's all like, oh, arm strength, arm strength. Arm. The arm does play a factor, and you do want to strengthen your shoulder and, and, and the ligaments and muscles around the shoulder to keep everything nice and sturdy. 
but really it's all about the ground force. How fast can I get my feet in the ground to start the process of shooting that energy from my feet to my knees, to my hips, to my core, which then throws it up to the shoulder. And essentially the arm is just there as a catapult guiding the football to wherever you want it to go. His ability to get his feet in the ground now generating power like I said, it reminds me a lot of what you see when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. So I'd throw Drake at three for for that, or excuse me, at two, um, as kind of that next guy. He's got great size, and um, he's a heck of a player. So I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Then you come to the SEC, and I feel like there's not an elite quarterback in the league this year. There's a good group of proven guys, and then you've got some guys who are unproven, but that you think could take a big leap. I think Joe Milton would probably be number yeah. one in, in that tier. Who's the unproven quarterback in the SEC you see having a really big season? Is it Milton, or is there another guy you like? Uh, I mean, I think Milton's due for a huge year. I had I had Tennessee a couple times last year, and you know, talking with the coaching staff and and even talking with Head and Hooker, man, they could not just stop raving about his ability, his maturity, that that you know how much he had grown by you know kind of sitting behind Head and Hooker and kind of waiting his term, and you know. It, you know, the coaching staff said, like, listen, when we got to Tennessee and we had both these guys, there was no doubt in my mind or in our mind that Hennon Hooker or excuse me, that Joe Milton was the most talented guy in this room. And that's why he got the start. We all remember the Pittsburgh game where he overthrew like three or four guys there in the first yeah. half. I mean, Tennessee should have won that game. And then, you know, Hennon comes in there and is, is accurate great leader, checks off a lot of boxes. Obviously, you know, now is going to you know work his way towards towards a job in the NFL, but when it comes to just talent, athleticism, he is he's Anthony Richardson, man. He may not be as fast as, as Anthony is. When you want to come to just talk about freaky arm strength, freaky like, you know, being able to do back backflips and dunks and all that other stuff, like he is like he's the closest to Anthony that that's going to be in next year's draft and we obviously saw you know, Anthony, without a lot of production last year at Florida, gets drafted with the number four pick in the NFL draft. I think you're going to see more production because he's, you know, he, he's he's been there longer. He's a little bit older. He's in an offense that I would say is a little bit more quarterback friendly, which you know could hurt him when it comes to projections for for the next level. But scouts are going to be drooling over him, um, seeing what he did last year versus Clemson in the bowl game down there in Miami. Uh, it's 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 unbelievable. So. I think you're going to see a massive jump from him. I think he's going to have a hell of a season. And and I guess I'll be a little bit biased here, but I think a guy that's going to have a breakout season is going to be Carson Beck at Georgia. You know, Carson is someone that I followed, obviously being, you know, a Georgia guy myself, have followed really closely over the past three years and have just been in love with his toolbox. Great size, great arm, great footwork. He's more athletic than what people are anticipating. He's not, he's not going to be Stetson. He's not going to pull off a 20, 30-yard run. But he's he throws well on the run. Like I said, can get down outside the pocket and bide some time. He's he he he's every single box from when it comes to being an NFL quarterback, he checks off. And you see the weapons that have been brought in this offseason. You see what's returning from last year from you know Arian Smith and, and McConkey, then obviously Brock Bowers. You bring in two top you know, two top guys in the SEC from Mississippi State and and, and, and Missouri in there as well. And now you got Bobo who wants to air it out. I think Bobo kind of has a chip on his shoulder as a coordinator of wanting to prove everyone why he was selected to be, you know, the next guy up after after Munkin left for the NFL. So I think they're going to be an offense that wants to be explosive, that wants to push the ball down the field, use those weapons. I think Carson's going to have a hell of a season. I mean, I I've already put some money on him to win the Heisman because you talk about a guy that's going to be on the best team in America, be in the playoffs and put up crazy numbers most likely he has going to have a shot to, to be in that conversation at the end of the day. So I think both those guys project extremely well at the next level and two guys I'm going to keep my eyes on for this entire season. You sort of went into my, my next question there, which was going to be about Georgia. And, you know, you went through a stretch with Alabama where – they, you know, they had Blake Sims and Jake Coker, good quarterbacks, but but not elite guys. But they were still number one in the nation for most of the season in, in those guys' years. And Coker obviously won a national title. Is Georgia at that point now where, it, you know, we like Beck and we think he's going to be a great player, but honestly we haven't seen him, you know, play a whole lot of games. Is Georgia at that point where it's like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, they're, they're too talented around him to fail? No, because, I mean, look at Alabama right now. I mean, my big hesitation when I talked about the Crimson Tide heading into the season is, I mean, they're they're more talented. You know, for those who haven't seen, they, they came up with that whole 
blue chip ratio the other day and Alabama was like at 90% um, or like high 80s after the whole transfer portal went down, which is still number one in the country. So they have more blue chip players than anyone else. I mean, that's more four mm-hmm. and five star players than Ohio State, who was second. And then Georgia was like, I think, high 70s. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 significantly higher. But I, I have Alabama as a two loss team this year. Because of the quarterback spot, like it's still a game today where offense wins. And and you could call me crazy and say, well, look at Georgia. They've had the best defense in the country past few years. And that's been the team that's won the natty. Georgia benefited. I saw my dad this weekend about it. And and Georgia benefited two years ago. I'm not saying they would have lost the game, but they benefited as, as soon as Alabama's top receivers got hurt. And obviously this past year in, 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 the, in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, benefited greatly when Ohio State lost their top receiver in the third quarter. So like, what had to win it for him? Well, Stetson Bennett in the offense had to win it for him in that game. Um, versus Alabama and the Natty, they had to go out there and ball out offensively. Defense obviously had a better game, but like I said, they lost a little bit because of you know Alabama's you know struggling when, when it comes to health at the receiving position. All that to be said, offense in today's game is still where I would put my money to win a championship. You have to score points. If you're going to want to win a national championship, most likely at the end of the day, in the playoffs and in the natty, you're going to have to score high 30s, low 40s to win. More more, more times than not. So when I look at Alabama, they got, they're going to have one of the most talented defenses. They got so much, so many, there's so much star power on that side. You know, they got some good weapons. They were young at receiver last year. You know, running backs a little bit unproven, but they'll be good there. Offensive line will be good, but I don't trust the quarterback. And then to me, that's what is holding Alabama from being, in my mind, in the conversation for winning a national championship. Yeah, they might make it to Atlanta. I still like LSU a little bit more, but I don't think they win a natty because of the quarterback spot. George, on the other hand, while Carson may be a little bit unproven, he's been there for three years. He's played a significant amount of games as a you know backup duty for the past two years. He's gotten his feet wet. And they got the talent around him on both sides of the football. So, no, I, I think if you would take Carson away, and I think Brock could handle it too. I, I like Brock. I think Brock could be just fine, but it's just, you know, he's a little bit uh, you know more unproven than Carson is. And then all of a sudden, I think there is a question of, of could Georgia three-peat this year? Let's talk a little Mississippi State here. Will Rogers, obviously, on track as, as we speak to break your record of the as the all-time leading passer in SEC history, but a big change for him in the offense this fall. What are you expecting to see from Will Rogers in 2023? Well, I hope he has a great year, throws 30 touchdowns and goes to the NFL and leaves my records the hell alone. That 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 <laughs> that's my goal for, for Will Rogers. I don't want him staying two more years. Uh, anyways, if he, if he does stay two more years, you need to put an asterisk by it because you know he would have five years to break my record instead of what you're supposed to have it for. Not not getting. I'm not upset at here at all. I'm not upset at all. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, I, I, I love Will Rogers, man. I've I've talked to him a bunch, and he's a great kid, great leader. I know he's excited about this new offense to to demonstrate what he can do in this system to you know help project him for the next level. You know, it's similar to like Sam Hartman. You know, I had Sam Hartman's last game at at Wake Forest. And we all, you know, for those who watch college football, I know maybe a lot of people don't watch Wake Forest, but they run a very unique offense. It's not the air raid offense, but it's the, you know, slow mesh RPO offense. Well, he's another guy that obviously wants to project for the next level, wants to to show scouts that he can run more of a pro style offense. You know, he transfers to Notre Dame this year to, you know, run the offense and obviously have more of a legitimate chance to win a championship compared to being at Wake Forest. So, you know, this is this is going to be a great opportunity for Will to show his footwork in the pocket, to show what he looks like under center, and take some pressure off him too, man. Like, yeah, it, it may sound cool, like, hey, you're going to throw the ball 60, 70 times a game, and, you know, we're going to throw the ball from the one-yard line, but, you know, sometimes it's just nice to just turn around and hand the ball off, you know, force defenses to get out of all that drop eight that they faced. I mean, that's exhausting, honestly. Like, as a quarterback, to have to always go against a, a defense that's dropping eight guys in coverage, to you know, have to just always be so patient as a quarterback, which has been so impressive for me watching him of just his patience, getting through his reads, his maturity. You saw it from the first time he took a snap a few years ago of like, man, this guy knows the offense and he's 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 willing to take the three yards in a cloud of dust by just checking the ball down. Well, now you take that off his plate. You hand the ball off more. You establish the run game. You get a little bit more physicality at the line of scrimmage. And then you're going to get for him, 
an opportunity to push the ball vertically down the field a lot more because all of a sudden defenses aren't just going to drop eight. They're not just going to play two safeties deep. They're going to be a little bit more one high safety. You're going to get some one-on-one chances on the outside. So I think for him, that's going to be a lot more refreshing, a lot more you know energy to, to know that you're going to have a, a little bit more of an impact pushing the ball down the field, which has been you know everyone's big, big criticism of him of, hey, does he have the arm straight to throw the ball down the field? And when I watch him, he's not Joe Milton. He's not... You know, Caleb, he's not Drake May, but there's no doubt in my mind that 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 Will can make every single throw you want because his footwork is so good, his timing is so good that he gets the ball out, you know, just a little bit earlier. Mississippi State brings back a ton of production from last year's team, which won nine games, and they were ranked in the top 20 to finish the year. And yet, obviously, you know, you see the predictions for them this year, and they're almost to a person, either sixth or seventh in the West. We talked about unproven quarterbacks a second ago. This is about an unproven coach in Zach Arnett. When you look at this Mississippi State team, do you think, hey, this is a team that perennially overachieves? They usually outdo those media day predictions. Do you see this as another year for that, or are you not high on Mississippi State this year? Well, I, I think there's a lot of questions in the West this year. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Arkansas is breaking in, you know, a new offense, and we'll see how – how KJ Jefferson does that. You know, I had, I had an opportunity to cover their spring game. They have a bunch of new faces on the offensive side of the football, a bunch of new receivers. Obviously, that defense was horrendous last year, and they're changing, you know, from that 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 three down to a four down two. So, you know, I think Arkansas is, is, is a good team, and I love KJ. So I think they could they could battle there, but like I said, they're they're breaking in a new offensive defense too. So, you know, we'll see how long that takes. Obviously, Auburn is a you know brand new offense. You know, I don't love either of their quarterbacks. I think that's that's going to be an off you know issue. A and M has a ton of talent, but they haven't kind of proven that they're they're, they're you know a consistent team. Um, Ole Miss, I think, will be good. I like Jackson Dart a lot. I think he's actually he he will end up being the starting quarterback when it's all said and done. And then you got yeah. Juckins at running back. So you know, I like Ole Miss, but their defense is you know breaking a new coordinator as well. So they they got to get better on that side. You know, we, you know, LSU and Alabama, you know, we'll leave them out of the discussion because you know, they are more talented than everyone else. I think LSU is is loaded with starters, they're a little bit concerned with the depth. They're, they're still trying to work that out and build that depth in year two with Brian Kelly. But when it comes for starter for starter, I think they're the better team than, than Alabama. So when you look at that next tier, so it's like I said, it's LSU, Alabama, tier one in the West. Then after that, to me, it's a kind of a jumble. AM should be the third team. Based on you know kind of the, the the blue chips that they have in that roster, but like I said, man, they went five and seven last year with that roster. So I don't know if I trust Jimbo in that football team. So I think Mississippi State's right in the thick of it. Honestly, you return a starting quarterback, you return a productive defense. You know, at least you're not worrying about changing that side of the football up. Um, you know, the identity of the offense is going to obviously, like we talked about, it's going to change from you know to to be a little bit more physical. So so we'll see how those guys handle it, but. I, they're good enough to beat Ole Miss. They're good enough to beat Arkansas. They're good enough to beat Auburn. And, you know, they're not as talented as AM, but like I said, we'll see what that, that that looks like at the end of the day. So, you know, I see them battling for that 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 three, four spot when it comes to the SEC West this year. We'll see what happens. Could be should be a, I'm always excited about to talk college football. So even when it's early on a Monday morning, I I I can get fired up for it. Aaron Murray. Uh, ESPN, CBS, I'm sorry, uh, Sirius XM. And don't forget, check out the Snaps podcast if you have not done that already. If you love college football and you just want to talk about college football, that's a great podcast for you to check out with him and T-Bob Aber. Aaron, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you, man. Have a good one. All right, thanks to Aaron for his time. I appreciate that. I, I got a kick out of him. He's like, I hope Will Rogers is very successful, but that he leaves my records alone. Going to be tough to do. Going to be tough for, for Mississippi State and Will Rogers to be successful without Rodgers having the kind of season that breaks the all-time uh, passing record. But another guy, Robbie, that you know seems to think Will, Will Rodgers can do what he needs to do in this offense, says that he feels like he can make all the throws. You know, in the SEC this year, the quarterback position, as we talked about in the interview, there's not an elite guy. There's not a Caleb Williams, a Drake May, a uh, Quinn Ewers in the SEC. It's um, It's kind of funny, like, I guess the Big Ten, is there a truly elite quarterback? You know, I like McNamara from from Michigan, but I wouldn't put him in that tier. The ACC has got two with Travis. and They've got three, I guess, with Travis, uh, with May, and with – oh, I'm leaving somebody out there. I can't remember who it was, though. Garrett Schrader? I like Schrader. Don't get me wrong. Uh, You know, the Big 12, they've got Quinn Ewers there. 
And if the Pac-12 obviously has uh, has two. They have Michael Penix, so go with Caleb, Caleb Williams. But the SEC doesn't have that guy. And I don't think that Will Rogers can be in that elite group of, the, of potential first-round picks. But I do think that Will Rogers can have an elite season this year, especially if, you know, when you think about him from a touchdown-to-interception ratio perspective. That's always been good for him. In 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 in, pre, in the air raid system, I think that can carry over, and he can be a guy who's throwing twenty plus touchdowns and six or less interceptions, and then it's just about yards. And if he's around twenty seven, twenty eight hundred yards with those kind of numbers, that's a pretty dang, dang dang good season for Will Rogers, and I think it would lead to a pretty dang good season for Mississippi State. Yeah, I always find it interesting when other people, uh, you know, national, regional, whatever, hype up Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. It's like he he gets he gets viewed it's so always met with resistance. I know, and it, people like people don't want to hear that. You know, it's weird. Like but right it, now, if, if Todd McShay and Mel Kiper did a, a spot and they were like, "We think Will Rogers is moving up draft boards, could be a first round pick," there would be a thread on Mississippi State message boards. Be like, "I don't see it." Yeah, these guys these guys lack credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they kind of do after Will Levis, but still. Yeah. Well. But, you know, Aaron Murray played in this league. Aaron Murray is about to have his records broken by Will Rogers. And if he's coming out and saying that he feels like Will Rogers is going to have a successful season, he feels like Will Rogers can make the throws, then you have to feel pretty good about that. And if Will Rogers comes out and has a really good season and this offense is really productive, I think this is going to be a really good Mississippi State team because I, I just have that much faith in the defense. I think the defense is going to be solid. Um, there's some question marks for sure in the secondary, and there's some guys that have to answer some questions there. But more often than not, Mississippi State's going to be really solid on the defensive side of the ball. There's been some teams that we thought were going to be bad on defense that have turned out to be really good. So I feel fine about Mississippi State's defense. I'm not concerned about it in the least. There's just question marks about the offense because we haven't seen it. If Will Rogers in this offense is able to hum – this could be a really, really good team, and there's some there's some very winnable games out there for them. I thought I made a good point when I said, you know, you know, you feel free to disagree, but we talked about Georgia having an unproven quarterback. Mississippi State has somebody unproven, and that's Zach Arnett, and I think that's what's kind of clouding some some people's thoughts. But you hear, you know, you hear Murray and what he has to say there, and he says he thinks this is going to be a team that challenges for third, fourth in the West. I think you know third is obviously the ceiling because they're not going to get up there with LSU and Alabama this year. But if they finish back to back seasons third in the West, that's as good a stretch as states had uh, in, in recent years. So it's it's interesting to me that that Aaron Murray thinks that that can be the case, and this is a guy again that you know watches a ton of college football. He's obviously kind of high on Mississippi State. He talked about Ole Miss in the same way we do. He's like. Offensively, great, but defensively, who knows? Arkansas, a lot of issues. Auburn, a lot of issues. You, you don't really know what they've got at quarterback. A&M is super talented, but and then, you know, that's the case every year with them. I think this is going to be a really, really interesting year in the SEC, SEC West I, I, because I think LSU and Alabama, yeah, they're, they're ahead of everybody else, but the, the other six, the other um, five teams, is that right? Yeah, five teams down there. I don't know why I couldn't do math for a second. It's going to be a scramble, and any one of them could finish third, and any one of them, I think, could finish last. Yeah, there's so many unknowns in this league going into the season. I I don't know what's going to happen with Alabama. Like I, this, this is the first time in a while where I've been really skeptical of Alabama mm-hmm. because I just I, we saw. I think it's because we saw last year how susceptible they were whenever mm-hmm. Bryce Young wasn't in the game or when Bryce Young was in the game and you saw how good he was and how close they were to losing ball games, you saw how vulnerable they were as a team when he's kind of carrying the load like that. And now you don't know what the quarterback situation is there. I don't know what's going to happen with Alabama this year. I really don't. I, that's a team that I could see being very mediocre for their standards. I think Not a 6-6 six six team or anything. But yeah, right. I think Alabama is somehow simultaneously overrated and underrated this year. Yeah. Because if Buckner or or Simpson or Milroy, whoever wins that job, isn't elite, then yeah, they got a chance to lose two, three games, which like you as you said, for them would be a huge disappointment. But 
if they get great good to great quarterback play, and look, Milrow was a four-star guy. Simpson was a five-star guy. Buckner has was a four-star guy, I believe. If they just get those guys to play well, they could win the national championship. So, like, they're a team that's probably going to start the year ranked like fifth or sixth. And I feel like they're either going to finish first or they're going to finish like 12th. I think this is exactly like, I think Nick Saban's probably happy. Because, like, nobody's really talking about Alabama as much as they used to right now. Every, you know, it's kind of, you know, his rat poison's not, not out there in the open or anything like that. I mean, they're, you're still, yeah, they're getting talked about heavily, but this isn't a team that's getting hyped up at the same rate that it usually does at this time of year. He probably loves this. He's probably pumped that, you know, there's people questioning his team, that there's people saying that this team could be. Oh, he loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. He's so that, I mean, he's thriving on that. He could be right in his element right now. They could, and right every single time we, not we, but people start talking about the Paul Feinbaums of the world. People start talking about, you know, this is the end of the dynasty. Every time that conversation comes up, they come out and smoke everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I'm not ready to, uh, to throw dirt on them just yet. I will, I will, that's one that like that coffin needs to be down for a couple of years before I'll, I'll buy into them being dead. But at the same time, you know, I I just can see them. They they could struggle this year. And when we say struggle, though, what do we mean? I mean, right now, if I said they lost to LSU and Tennessee, you know, those are two teams they lost to last year. Those are two teams that should be pretty good this year. Is there a third loss on their schedule? I mean, they got to go to AM, who has just sort of been their kryptonite, you know, has played those. There's no, I mean, miles. there's yeah. nobody just flat out dominant. Right, right, this. right. There, I don't know who their other East team is off the top of my head. It might be. Kentucky. I could be wrong, but they know, don't. They don't play Georgia this year, right? They play no, them twenty four. No, that's next year. Yeah. So, like, I, said, I don't know. Their, I haven't done Alabama's schedule yet, so I don't know their other East team. But and LSU yeah. is at home. We'll see. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, but it, but ten, and so is Tennessee. I mean, it's it's a very manageable for schedule. If they and underrated at the same time. If they can just get quarterback play that they've had in the past, that's just solid. The game managers. Guys like that, they don't have to have elite quarterback play. Just have a guy in there that can manage a ball game, get the ball to playmakers, and go from there. I agree. Slate Offer going to Georgia, by the way. How about that? Oh, is that done? Yeah, he just tweeted out. Oh, good for him. Good for Slate. Yeah. Um, that's not the best. Uh, if if that's him, that's not the best Photoshop in the world, though. That hat does not look right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's somebody's passion. Yeah. All right. Let's uh real quick. Let's just I, when we talk about Georgia, Robbie, they're gonna go twelve and out. Yeah, yeah. They're just gonna go and, and fairly easily. Yeah, and again, when you talk about Georgia, their schedule this year was supposed to include a trip to Oklahoma. The conference stepped in and said, "Look, go ahead and cancel that because they knew Oklahoma was going to be coming into the league next year, and so they didn't want to have to deal with that." And so they had to scramble, and I think they found like Ball State or somebody to replace them. You know, when you get that deep into it, a year out, it's going to be tough to find somebody. State had that problem. Remember, a few years back, they had Tulane cancel, and they had to go and play at UMass. Mm-hmm. So, this might be the worst non-conference schedule in the entire SEC. It's really bad. I mean, the the best team on it is Georgia Tech. Who Georgia Tech, who lost by right. ACC school. 30, 40 yep. points to Ole Miss last year. Right, exactly, exactly. So, but that said, you know, their season really will begin. They, they, they do have to go to Tennessee towards the end of the year. That will be a, a tough game. Uh, they do have to oh. play, you know, South Carolina early. And South Carolina through the years has found a way to, to upset Georgia. I don't know about upsetting this Georgia, though. Like, any, any game on the schedule that is a possibility for an upset is mm-hmm. at – is. At Georgia, except for Tennessee, in Auburn, Auburn, yeah, don't do that. Well, well, you know how Auburn is. It is, but you know how Auburn is at their place. You know that place is weird. That place is weird. We said that Freeze always finds a way to win a game he shouldn't win. I don't think it's going to be Georgia. That is, I'm circling. 
I'm circling mm-hmm. that one, and Tennessee is the only – I don't think okay. they'll lose both. Right. But I think there's the potential – the only games where there's a chance for somebody to win mm-hmm. against Georgia mm-hmm. is in Knoxville or in Auburn. Okay. I don't think they'll lose both. But I, I think that so, if they lost a game, it's one of those two. But we're going to say 12-0, right? That's where I'm at right okay. now, yeah. All right. What I say is normally I let you pick, but let's just let's just get this out of the way. Then let's do Alabama next week. Okay. So we do back to back. We do Georgia, Alabama. Just get them out of the way. Yeah. All right. Fine with me. We'll talk about the Alabama, the Alabama Crimson Tide next week on the podcast. Tomorrow's the rumblings. Get those questions in now. Whatever and I'm a little got. Brian. I'm a little. Oh. Um, I'm a little nervous about later today. I still think there's a chance that state. Could have a commitment. I don't want to say anything, but I I hate to not talk about it. Well, we go. I don't. You know me. I don't like to talk about it until it's done. And I, and I made that mistake with Traveris Banks. That's not going to happen again. So I know yeah, you're you came about. out in the open. I'm, I'm blaming you for that. You know what? I'm blaming you for that. I'll take the blame. It's Brian's fault. I got broad shoulders over here, buddy. I can. I Brian, can, I can be your beast of burden. Brian got that kid to commit to Ole Miss. It's all part of my plan. <laughs> you and Richard Cross and Michael Borky. Like, no, no, no. Conspiring. You should have gone the other way. You should have been like, you pull my face off and I'm Richard Cross underneath it. <laughs> I would have got away with it if it weren't for you meddling kids. Wearing your golf polo. No, I'd be wearing like a like a seersucker suit. <laughs> Fenders and a bow tie. You know? And, and no socks. No well, socks. I say that. <laughs> well, I, I do say- declare. Look who done flipped old Miss. Well, 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 look at that. Another four star. Now we won't talk to him ever again. I say, I say. Anyway, send us your questions in the rumblings. We'll get those answered tomorrow. And we got a lot more to talk about this week as well. I'm scheduled, another college football interview. I'm scheduled on Wednesday to talk with uh, SEC Network analyst, former Florida All American Chris Doring. He'll join us here oh. on the podcast as well. You're getting some big hitters on here this year. That's the way it's got to be, man. I, 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 you the know, podcast is gaining steam. They've, 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 they've heard seen the like, Wait a minute. Hold on. I can be on the number one rated sports news podcast in the country. Throw it up. Throw up the We're one. the ones. Acknowledge us. We're the ones. We're the ones. You know, Boomer and Geo, you the twos. I would like to see where we rank if we changed, if we changed our category no. from sports news to not, sports. Not in the top 100. Yeah, but I, I just want to see. I would Let, love let's to just see, it, but, see yeah. where we're at. I, yeah. I want to measure where we're at. So we we would we would not be ahead of. Uh, pardon my take. I'll just put it that way. Well, we would not be ahead of them. So all right, they have a much broader audience. They do. They do. Plus, they have the, uh, the power of Brandon Walker behind them. You know, they uh, Brandon talks about that sometimes, and they they did, people tune in to hear what Brandon. So, uh, has Br- Brandon is the one that's pushing it. Yeah, well, they, they hear they want to hear Big Cat and PFT make fun of Brandon. That's that's all that is. So we'll see. Yes. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Mississippi Media Production.